Today's episode is sponsored by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BrainsOn. Just go to Indeed.com slash BrainsOn right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BrainsOn. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to BrainsOn, where we're serious about being curious. Brains On is supported in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. Come on, Sophia. Let's see what the crew is up to before our taping. Sure. Elevator. Seventh floor, please. Seventh floor. Coming up. Please enjoy this elevator music. That's catchy. Oh, yeah. I've actually had that melody stuck in my head for days. Here you go. Seventh floor. <laughs> hey, Mark, Sandin, and Manica. What are you guys doing? Oh, hey, Sophia and Molly. We're finally entering the annual butter sculpture contest. We've been talking about it for ages. You butter believe it. I mean, if all four of us enter, one of us is bound to win grand prize. Best in butter. Yeah, this way we'll have a marginally good chance of winning. Uh-huh. Anyone? Do you know what you're going to make? Oh, of course I do, Sandin. I'm going to sculpt a pair of hands, and I'm calling it Butterfingers. Ooh, that's good, Manica. Thanks, Sophia. What about you, Mark? Maybe I'll make a set of mugs. I'll call them Buttercups. Ooh, and then fill them with popcorn? Perfect for movie night. I was planning on making a cow. Buttermilk, anyone? Whoa, that's a winner for sure. Dominica, are you buttering me up? Molly! What's with the humming? You've been at it this entire time. I am so sorry. It's the tune from the elevator. I've had it in my head all week. It's kind of driving me bananas, and I don't know how to make it stop. Molly, there's only one way to solve this. You have to high-five a dog three times. No, that's for good luck. You're supposed to sneak up and scare the song out of your head. Like this boo! Ah! Oh, it's still there! All right, that's for hiccups. I get those two confused. No dogs and definitely no sneak attacks. The only way to solve this problem is to do an episode about it. Hit it! You're listening to Brains On from American Public Media. I'm Molly Bloom, and this week, my friend Sophia is joining us from Walnut Creek, California. Welcome, Sophia. Hi, Molly. Molly? Oh, I'm so sorry, Sophia. I can't shake that song. Sounds like you have an earworm. Oh, there's a worm in there? No, an earworm is just a name for a song that gets stuck in your head. I promise, there is no real worms. Oh, phew. That's a relief. That's an odd name. Yeah, right? The word earworm comes from the German word Ohrwurm, which is an actual type of worm. But in the mid-20th century, Germans started using it to describe a musical itch. That is exactly how it feels. If only I could scratch it. Sophia, have you ever experienced an earworm? Yes, I have. What was it? 
Um, it was a song that um, when I was in band, we kept practicing it over and over again, and I couldn't stop doing it with my fingers. Oof. Did, did it get annoying? Did it bother you? Kind of. Because when I was trying to do my homework, it ended up doing that. It can be very distracting. Were you able to get it out? Is it still in your head today? Uh, yeah, it's still in my head today, but it's much less. Well, that's good. Do you, can you sing a little bit of it for us? So it goes, do, 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 do. And then it goes, and then there's a flute solo part, and then there is like trumpets and saxophones. So you have like a whole orchestra in your head. Well, our listeners have experienced getting songs stuck in their head, too. So we asked them for help getting this song out of my head. And here are their ideas. My advice is for you to take a walk and so you can get your, the song out of your head. My advice is like you go like a high pitch, like da, 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 like a big high pitch voice. I think of a song that I don't like and hum it a little bit, and then um, I have the song that I don't like stuck in my head. I have an idea to get the song stuck out of your head. Try doing something you really, really like. My idea for getting rid of earworms or songs stuck in your head is to listen to a different song for a while. I think you can get a stuck song out of your head is by thinking about another song constantly. It may be that'll cancel each other out. Thanks to Evelyn, Emily, Ellis, Eleanor, Aiden, and Winnie for your suggestions. Oh, I never thought about trying any of that. Hey, it's our pal, Ruby Guthrie. Welcome. Hi, Molly. Hi, Sophia. Yeah, this happens to me all the time. You're just going about your day, eating your grilled cheese in peace, and then bam, there's that catchy chorus looping again and again and again, and it sounds something like do 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 and it's just stuck in your noggin. It's living in your head rent-free. Exactly. And I think it needs to start paying. This constant looping, it's called involuntary musical imagery, more commonly known as an earworm. And these earworms are kind of mysterious things, but they intrigue a lot of researchers, like Lauren Stewart. Hello, I'm Lauren Stewart. I'm a professor in psychology at Goldsmiths, University of London. Lauren researches how music interacts with our brains, including earworms. Yeah, so an earworm is a, a snippet of music that comes unbidden into the mind and repeats at least once um, without you having any conscious control of that experience. So a tune just pops into your head and then typically it stays with you for a while. And normally it's a particular section of a tune. It can be pop music, it can be classical music, there might be lyrics, there might not be. And earworms are really common. Nearly 90% of people experience them every week. For some, it's even more often. Despite this, researchers still don't really know why these songs randomly pop into our heads. But Lauren does have one theory. 
it's because we're just surrounded by so much music. There's a thought that actually earworms are just a byproduct of the fact that our brains have a repertoire of literally hundreds of thousands of tunes that we've been exposed to over our lifetime. So it might be a kind of a spillover from the fact that we have all of these tunes in our head. Think about it. When you're not jamming out to your latest dance mix on your phone, you're listening to the radio in the car, or hearing a jingle on the TV. Music has never been more accessible to us. So earworms could simply be our brains reacting to all these constant tunes. That's one theory, at least. And we do know there's a lot going on in our brains when we listen to music. We know that music is um, the product of a, a symphony of brain activity, really. There isn't a single brain area that does music. It's really a concerted effort of a number of different brain areas working together. First, a part of your brain called the auditory cortex is activated. That's in your temporal lobe, just behind your ears. That's where your brain processes audio. Ooh, what a sweet tune. This auditory cortex approves. Your frontal lobes are also activated. Those are located just behind your forehead. And those lobes are involved with memory and language. Yo, frontal lobes, you hearing this? It's soups catchy, am I right? Totally, I'm going to memorize these lyrics by heart. And what's most interesting is even though we're not actually listening to music when we experience an earworm, our brains activate the same areas and react as if we were listening to a song. Whoa, brain power. Pretty cool, right? And although these earworms are random, Lauren says there are certain things that can trigger earworms, like listening to something on repeat, or hearing just a snippet of a song, or sometimes even a memory can start up an earworm. So a lot of different things can set off an earworm, but is there any kind of music that's more likely to be an earworm? That's a great question, and something Lauren studied too. Lauren and her team gathered a big list of songs that people would often get stuck in their head. Songs like Bad Romance by Lady Gaga. Smoke on the Water by Deep Purple. And My Sharona by The Knack. Then they analyzed all these songs and looked for any similarities in the way the songs were composed. It turns out earworms usually have a familiar pattern, but with a slight twist. It's a combination of something that's highly familiar to the brain and therefore very predictable and comfortable, but with just enough interest to be memorable and for the brain to kind of notice that there's something a bit unique. Okay, so what she means is that most songs have a certain structure to them, and the chords, the notes in the song, follow a certain progression. According to Lauren's study, these earworm songs often followed a typical pattern, but would add a slight twist to make it unique. Let's listen to Bad Romance. Catchy, right? At first, this chorus follows a classic chord progression. Revenge, 
And this is exactly what your brain is expecting. This is a certified predictable bop. Totes fresh. But when Gaga repeats the chorus, there's a slight change. Did you hear it? The note went from a G to a G sharp. Which sounds a little bit funky, right? Whoa, I was not expecting that. A groovy curveball. It's really subtle. That slight difference can really make a song stick out and then stick to your brain. And that's what we mean by a familiar pattern with a slight twist. So it's like a sweet spot, predictable, but still interesting. (laughs) (laughs) The study also found that songs with an up-tempo or a faster beat were more likely to be earworms. Additionally, just like when we listen to music, an earworm may reflect the kind of mood you're in. If people are in an upbeat state, they will they, they will get upbeat earworms and vice versa. And that parallels what we know about how people actually listen to real music. If you're happy, you're probably listening to something upbeat with major chords like this. Notice how it sounds bright? almost positive? Then there's the opposite, which is called a minor key. You're more likely to listen to this if you're feeling sluggish or maybe sad. But truly any song can be an earworm. No matter the genre, singer, or style, earworms know no bounds. Earworms for all. Yes, the most democratic of imaginary worms. Earworms are something most everyone has experienced. And soon enough, you'll get through it too, Molly. Thanks for sharing, Ruby. No problemo. I got a skedaddle, though. Mark saved me a buttercup full of popcorn. Ta-ta! See ya! Here's something I'll never get sick of hearing. It's time for the... Here it is. It is extremely short, so let's hear it again. One more time for good measure. All right, Sophia, what is your guess? So I think maybe it's like somebody throwing a rock onto like a piece of metal. Hmm. That's very specific. For some reason, somebody welding comes to mind. I don't know why. Oh, interesting. I like that your brain went there. Well, we'll give you another chance to hear it and have another guess a little bit later in the show. working on an episode all about teeth and we want to know if you were the tooth fairy what would you give kids in exchange for their teeth instead of money and why sophia what do you think the tooth fairy should exchange for those mighty molars maybe like candy because like if you have too much candy your teeth won't look good and if like the tooth that the tooth fairy picked up was good then she could give them candy because it's like a special treat Hmm. So she's like, hey, it looks like you have not been eating too much candy. So here's a little candy as a reward. Is that what you're saying? 
Yeah, and then maybe a note to go along with it. Very nice idea. Well, listeners, we want to hear from you too. You can share your answer with us by heading to brainson.org slash contact. And while you're there, you can send us your mystery sounds, drawings, and questions. Like this one. This is Oliver from Oakland, California. I have a question, and the question is, do spiders have bones? We'll answer that question during our moment of um, and we'll read the latest group of listeners to be added to the Brains Honor Roll, all at the end of the show. So keep listening. Focus, Molly. You're listening to Brains On from American Public Media. I'm Molly. And I'm Sophia. Sophia, are you ready to hear that mystery sound again? Yes. All right. Here it is. Oh, one more time. So before you thought like welding, metal, stone on metal. I also hear like glass, like a a glass cup Mm -hmm. and somebody maybe dropping it. Very good. You ready to hear that answer? Yes. Here with the answer is 15-year-old musician Ruby Kirk. The sound you just heard was me clinking a glass with a spoon. Uh, Hey, you were really close. You got there. Where was the glass? So instead of dropping it, it was just someone hitting it with a spoon. Hmm. Nicely done. Well, Ruby actually used that sound she recorded to make chords in a song she wrote. Let's hear her explain the process. Hi, my name is Ruby Kirk. I'm from Philly and I'm 15 years old. I'm a guitarist, musician, and I produce my own music. I took the glass clinking sound and I put it into my computer and I added reverb to make it sound like it was in a room and I made it into a keyboard and pitched around and put chords. And it sounds like this. I made a keyboard out of the glass clinking sound because I think it's really cool to make music from the sounds around us in the world and not just pre-made sounds that anyone can have access to anywhere. So I think it's really fun to make like drums from clapping your hands and recording that and then putting that in a song. And I think it's more unique and original and it can make your music sound more like you. So I did that. So one thing that I like to do is on my guitar, I can put down a loop of some chords and then I'll just play around on the scale in the key all over the fretboard until I find a lick that I like and I think sounds good over it and I can just jam over the chords for an hour or like half an hour. I can find a a melody that I like and then I can record that or make it the center and then play other notes and then go back to that one lick that I found that I liked. I always go to my parents, I'll, I'll be like, 
I'll work on a song and they're like, oh my God, guys, listen to this or hear this. What do you guys think? And they'll tell me what they think. They'll tell me if they like it or if it's catchy. And then sometimes I'll play the song for them. And then maybe an hour later, one of my parents will say, I have that song stuck in my head or I have your song stuck in my head. And that'll make me really happy. It's cool when a song of mine is stuck in someone else's head because it shows that the song was catchy and it shows that I guess I, I did my job in making the song stick and maybe they'll want to go back and listen to it again. So what do you think about that, Sophia? What stood out to you about what she said? How, like, she wants her music to be more like her instead of, like, sounds that people can just have access to, like, in everyday life. But she wants to make her own sounds and put them into her songs to make them original and unique. Yeah, it's super cool. I bet those unique sounds make them even more catchy. I will never, ever get this song out of my head. Molly! Oh, hey, Sand and Manica and Mark. What are you guys doing here? Hey, Molly. We're taking a break from our butter sculptures to help you out. And don't worry, we found a giant freezer to store them in the meantime. Yeah, no meltdowns for us. Anyway, all of us have been brainstorming and researching ways to help get your earworm out. Oh my goodness, you guys are lifesavers. I feel like I've been using all my brain power to ignore this song. What do you suggest, Sandin? Well, instead of ignoring it, why not play it, but with a twist? Hmm, I'm listening. My first thought? Play the song on the piano, but with your feet. Many studies show that playing an entire earworm out loud can help get rid of them. Why not kick it up a notch? What? I don't want to get my dirty feet juices on my beautiful piano. I'm afraid it's the only way, Molly. I'll stand over here while you tickle the keys with your toes. Fine, I'll do it. Ah, now it's worse and the piano's all stinky. I have an idea! I'm all ears! Okay, but just one question. Why are we yelling? Oh, I'm sorry, my earworm's just playing really loudly in my head. What's your idea? Well, according to researchers at the University of Reading in the UK... Chewing gum makes it harder to hear the earworms in your head. Why is that? Well, it's because when you move your jaw to chew, that interferes with both your internal dialogue, that's the voice or the sounds inside your head, and your short-term memory. So while you're chewing, it might make it harder for your brain to keep the rhythm of the song in your head. Hmm, I guess it's worth a shot. Now I just gotta find some gum. Ooh, ooh, I have some. It's kimchi-flavored. Ooh, my favorite! That definitely made it better, but it's still there. Oh, let me sing a cure tune I made for you. I learned about them from a study conducted in both Finland and the UK. Apparently, some songs can neutralize earworms without becoming earworms themselves. That's why they're called cure tunes. All right, let's hear it. Ahem. Oh, please save Molly Bloom. She must get out a tune stuck in her ear. 
Send her the cure for it, happy and glorious. Soon she will be free of it. Please save Molly Bloom. Okay, okay, yeah, it's, it's getting better. You know what, Molly? Maybe it's best if you just let it be. Why is that? Well, I realized that focusing on getting rid of earworms just gives them more attention. If you just go with the flow and let them be, they're bound to fade away. That's a great point, Sophia. In fact, the same researcher that led the study on chewing gum also found that actively trying to block earworms is less successful than passively accepting them. Hmm. Are you saying that time is the best medicine for earworms? Exactly. All right. I'll let it be. You know, the song's not that bad. You know, I also heard conversations can help get rid of earworms. Really? Why? Well, apparently it's because talking with other people uses a lot of the same brain resources as replaying music in your head. So the neurons and synapses that keep earworms alive, they have to focus on other things when you're in conversations with people. So, kind of like what we're doing right now? Yeah, exactly. (gasps) It's gone. The song isn't stuck in my head anymore. Yeah! Yay! Out. Right, Molly! Yay! Out of your head. All right. Oh, thanks, guys. Now I can finally focus on more pressing matters. Like what? My butter sculpture, of course. I'm making a pair of wings. I'm calling it Butterfly. Best in butter! Here we come! An earworm is when a song pops into your head and loops over and over. While some songs may be more catchy than others, an earworm can strike at any time to anyone. The stickiest songs tend to have a familiar musical pattern, but with a slight twist. There are different ways you can try to get rid of an earworm, but when in doubt, wait it out. That's it for this episode of Brains On. Brains On is produced by Sandin Totten, Mark Sanchez, Manica Wilhelm, and Molly Bloom. We had production help from Ruby Guthrie and Christina Lopez, and our intern is Kunsung Dorji. We had engineering help from Alex Simpson and Veronica Rodriguez. Special thanks to Morgan Karate, Vicki Kreckler, Jack Silvernagel, and Allie Katz. Brains On is a nonprofit public radio program. You can support the show at brainson.org slash fans. There you can find links to donate or join our free fan club or check out our Brains On merch. We now have Brains On shirts, baseball hats, and face masks. And you can buy the Brains On book there, too. That's brainson.org slash fans. And now, before we go, it's time for the moment of um... Do spiders have bones? Spiders do not have bones. They have something called an exoskeleton, which is like a shell, a hollow shell that's filled with all their goopy organs. So basically, their bones are on the outside of their bodies. Hi, my name is Eleanor Spicer-Rice, and I'm an entomologist. That means I study bugs. And I wrote the book, Dr. Eleanor's Book of Common Spiders. 
An exoskeleton is made mostly of this stuff called chitin, and it also has something called calcium carbonate in it. Now, chitin is the same stuff that makes squid beaks or the cell walls and mushrooms, or even snail teeth. Snails have teeth, but really it's like this scrapey little tongue, and that's also made out of chitin. Calcium carbonate is the stuff that seashells and crab shells are made of, or eggshells and pearls. Now, exoskeletons are different from our skeletons because they're on the outside of our bodies. If you think about our bones, they are on the inside of our bodies and then all of our organs are attached to them and our skin's on the outside, right? So when we grow, our skin stretches and our bones stretch and we can spread out like that. Well, exoskeletons are shells on the outside of the body. So if something wants to grow, it has to make a new exoskeleton that's bigger. So what it does is, like what a spider does, when a spider wants to grow, is it makes this real tender, soft, squishy exoskeleton on the inside of its old shell. And then when it gets big enough, the old shell breaks down the back and the spider will squeedle out of it like we will kind of squeeze out of a tight pair of blue jeans. And then there's our spider and he's all squishy and soft. So it has to hide somewhere so that it can get hard and turn back into the spiders that we know and love. Um, um, um. I can't wait to hear this list. It's the Brain's Honor Roll. These are the incredible listeners who send us their questions, ideas, mystery sounds, drawings, and high fives. Amelia from Greenville, South Carolina. Brady from Houston. Forrest from Rock Hill, South Carolina. Maya from Kawasaki, Japan. Ellie and Tucker from Groveport, Ohio. Grady, Lane, Eli, and May from Chengdu, China. Andrew from Boise, Idaho. Ethan from Percassi, Pennsylvania. Anna from California. Taryn and Cameron from Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Mila from Hilliard, Ohio. Logan from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Kabir from San Francisco. Cassidy from Berkeley Heights, New Jersey. Betty from Minneapolis. Logan and Nora from Purcellville, Virginia. Kennedy and Jordan from Grayson, Georgia. Wolf from Bellion in Washington, Journey from Cranbrook, British Columbia, Amanda from Stockholm, Sweden, Benji from Ellensburg, Washington, Shreyas from Dubai, Ella from Moundsview, Minnesota, Rowan from Pennsylvania, Alexa from Ledgewood, New Jersey, E from Portland, Oregon, Katie from Midlothian, Illinois, Eleanor from Concord, North Carolina, Emily and Sam from Lyman, Maine, Eugene from Kirkland, Washington, Evie from Pennsylvania, Roshni from Massachusetts, Sienna from Cambridge, England, Harper and Olivia from Iowa City, Isla from Calgary, Keith and Lucas from Chattanooga, Tennessee, Eliana from Sydney, Australia, Annalie from Dallas, Annalie and Sadie from El Paso, Texas, Adam from Omaha, Kieran, Dylan, and Emmett from Richmond, Illinois, Charlotte from Toronto, Eva from Medina, Ohio, Evelyn from Moncton, New Brunswick, Curtis and Maxwell from Stillwater, Oklahoma, Stella from Elliott, Maine, Joseph from Middle Island, New York, Francesca from San Francisco, Dakota from Santa Cruz, California, Maisie Rose from Petaluma, California, Charlotte from Easton, Pennsylvania, Nico and Truman from Philadelphia, Noah from Gig Harbor, Washington, Abigail from Adams, Massachusetts, Massachusetts, Esme from Hillsborough, Oregon, Gemma from Brooklyn, New York, Anaf from Rochester, Minnesota, Charlie from Toronto, Talia and Logan from Littleton, Colorado, Oliver from Bend, Oregon, Ellie from Penticton, British Columbia, Ben and Rio from Belgium, Jack from Wyndham, Maine, Livia from Glenview, Illinois, Kyle from Portland, Oregon, Sarah from Salangor, Malaysia, Amelia from Chicago, Jolie from New Buffalo, Michigan, Mallory from Edmond, Oklahoma, McKenna from Albany, Oregon, Davin from Watauga, Texas, Abe from Laurel, Maryland, Colette from Charleston, West Virginia, Abe from Cincinnati, Beatrice from Los Angeles, and Kenley from Boise, Idaho.
We'll be back soon with more answers to your questions. Thanks for listening.